In this week's market update, question marks over the summer rally from one of the world's biggest investors as central bankers gather in Wyoming to discuss the future direction of interest rates. Well, it may still be the holiday season, but there's plenty going on this week to keep investors on their toes. Top of the list is the annual gathering of central bankers at Jackson Hole in the mountains of Wyoming. The meeting is sponsored by the Federal Reserve of Kansas, but it's more important than just a regional Fed meeting, because the US Federal Reserve itself often uses the event to highlight changes in its thinking about where interest rates might be headed, or to guide the market about other changes in monetary policy. This year, there's even more interest than usual because of the uncertainty about how the world's central bankers are going to get on top of sky-high inflation. Just last week, here in the UK, the Office for National Statistics reported that consumer prices were more than 10% higher than a year ago. We haven't had this level of inflation for 40 years. Then this week, a report from Citi suggested that inflation could rise as high as 18.6% early next year, thanks to the soaring cost of heating our homes. That would be even higher than the inflation reached in 1979 after the second oil shock following the Iranian Revolution. This Friday, the price cap on household gas is due to be raised by industry regulator Ofgem from its current level of around £1,900 to more than £4,500, taking effect in October, and to £5,800 from next April. The cost of heating is set to trigger an unprecedented cost-of-living crisis in Britain, with many households likely to be unable to afford to keep warm this winter. Already, the crisis is dominating the political landscape, with both candidates in the Conservative leadership race under pressure to come up with credible support packages in response to the Labour opposition's call for the price cap to be fixed through the cold months ahead. The surge in prices is likely to have two negative impacts. First, it will severely constrain all disposable incomes, but in particular those of the poorest households. That's very likely to lead to a recession. The Bank of England has already predicted that economic activity will contract in the fourth quarter of this year and throughout 2023 for the longest downturn since the financial crisis. Second, inflation will put further pressure on the bank to raise interest rates further and faster than currently planned, adding to the cost of living crisis for households with mortgages. Strong retail sales data at the end of last week had already signalled tighter monetary policy in the UK. Now, usually when inflation rises and investors expect interest rates to follow, a country's currency also appreciates in anticipation of higher bond yields and a rising income from fixed interest investments. In the case of the pound, however, last week's inflation and retail sales data has had the opposite impact. Sterling has fallen by 1% against the dollar since last week as investors have focused more on the sustainability of Britain's public finances in the face of a long recession. Inflation is not just a UK problem, of course, and later this week, on Friday, the US will unveil the Fed's preferred inflation measure, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index. That's also the day that Jay Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, is due to speak at Jackson Hole. So, all in all, it's going to be an important week on the monetary policy front. Despite all the gloom about inflation and interest rates, stock markets have enjoyed a strong rally since the middle of June. 
A four-week streak of rising markets actually came to a close last week as the S&P 500 and Nasdaq both ended the week slightly lower. But overall, the past couple of months have given investors a breather after the tough first six months of the year. The main US benchmark index has now retraced 53% of its decline in the six months from January to June. That puts it right at the top of the range for so-called bear market rallies, when stocks bounce back but then resume their downward path. Were the market to carry on rising from here, then history suggests that the recovery would actually be the start of a new bull market after the 23% decline from peak to trough at the start of the year. But few investors are prepared to bet on that, given the economic and financial headwinds blowing through the market. One high-profile investor to warn that the rally is unsustainable this week has been Norges, the Norwegian sovereign wealth fund that was set up 40 years ago to invest the windfall gains from Norway's North Sea oil and gas discoveries. Over the past four decades, it's become one of the world's biggest investors, accounting for around 1.5% of the total value of all shares worldwide. Nikolai Tangen, the fund's chief executive, said last week, as he announced a big first-half loss for Norges, that the rally since June was a false dawn. He said that the reversal of the monetary stimulus in place since the financial crisis of 2008 would take many years to work through the system. He also warned that inflation might be tougher to get under control than hoped. Inflation feeds on itself, he said. In keeping with many other investors, Norges suffered in the first half year because both shares and bonds fell in tandem. Usually, the two assets move in different directions, providing investors who hold both in their portfolios with a smoother ride. The current inflationary environment, characterised by rising interest rates around the world, has proved difficult for both equities and fixed income, however. In the first half year, Norges's shares investments fell 17%, while its bonds were 9% lower. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, China has come back into focus this week, after Beijing cut a key mortgage rate in a bid to shore up its shaky property sector. The five-year prime loan rate was cut from 4.45% to 4.3%, the second cut this year as the authorities moved to underpin what is a key part of the Chinese economy. It's been estimated that real estate accounts for as much as a third of Chinese GDP, directly and indirectly, after decades of breakneck, debt fueled investment in residential property, as millions of workers have moved from the countryside into China's booming cities. There is currently a crisis of confidence in China's real estate sector, as many developers struggle to find the finance to complete pre-sold developments on which home buyers have already paid deposits. It's estimated that there are 90 million empty apartments in China, enough to house more than the entire populations of any European country. Investors are watching the real estate sector in China closely because the knock-on impact on markets worldwide would be dramatic. Some compare the situation to the collapse of Lehman Brothers, which triggered the global financial crisis. Others hope that the Chinese government would never allow such a damaging collapse to happen. As central bankers gather in the mountains of Wyoming, there's plenty for them to think about this week.
Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.